All right. Do we have a, a reference to tank controls? No. Okay. Well, you know, we left that back in the nineties. That's fine. Uh, do we have a reference to, um, zombie crows? Yeah, we got that. We got that. Okay. What about, uh, what about the monster that's got the big tongue? Oh, we got one of those too. Excellent. Excellent. How about the hunters? No, not iconic enough for you fans. We're talking about Easter egg, the movie resident evil. Welcome to raccoon city. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite show. It's the Nerd Olympics, the summer games of the nerd world. And yes, we are talking about the summer video games because it's hot video game summer here at the More You Nerd. And it is also Miles' birthday. Oh, he couldn't be <laughs> yes, with us tonight. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> there he is. How are you, buddy? I'm, I'm doing well. I am excited to talk about this movie and so a couple weeks ago when we were talking about uh star odyssey which we have tried desperately to forget um i mentioned in that where i i I was like i like trashy movies i like goofy silly dumb movies and when i was talking about that i was specifically thinking about movies like resident evil welcome to raccoon city and because Okay, so on the more you nerd, we have um, we cover Resident Evil a lot. We've talked about Resident Evil a lot. It is a well loved franchise by I think every single member that has ever been a host on this show. It is one of the few uh, first long time listeners know that I am um, a scaredy cat, and I don't like horror stuff so much. But I have played a ton of Resident Evil games, specifically going back to the Re- the PlayStation one era, Resident Evil one through three love Resident Evil four. You all tuned in to listen to me fall asleep playing the final boss battle of Resident Evil five. <laughs> and you did fa- fall asleep uh, when playing with me in the final boss battle of Resident Evil six. Oh, no, that was Resident Evil six. It wasn't five. I'm sorry. Oh, I've got the wrong. Okay. I, sorry, I fell asleep in the middle <sighs> I still of the, have my sentence memory of being like, hey, true. What are you what are you doing? And you're like, well, I'm not gonna repeat exactly what you said, but you're like, I, I I just fell asleep. <laughs> and I thought you were kidding. And <laughs> no, I like still beat that boss first try. Still beat we, that we, boss we did, first we did. try. I thought you were trying to get inventory for like 10 minutes. <laughs> you were like in the corner. <laughs> um so, I mean, Resident Evil, uh, famously, uh, a survival horror game from 1996, most famously known for not being Silent Hill. Um, oh, uh, yeah, but they're still making Resident injury. Evil games. So, oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, sadly, but also one's not run by Konami of all companies who's not making any games, not even ones that make the money. Anyway, back to Resident Evil. uh, Resident Evil is a a storied survival horror franchise that has traditionally, even though it did lean a lot more horror in its first four or five entries, because I'll include like a Code Veronica and stuff like that. um, It's more known for being on the action side of horror, even though it it basically, I would say, is 
it didn't it didn't found but established the survival horror genre i mean it definitely the survival horror genre exists today because of the resident evil games and 100 those games uh have i'll be honest they have not aged supremely well uh the game that i think sticks out in a lot of people's minds uh that are of the classics is resident evil 4 which is not going to be related story-wise to this this movie too much but that is also when the games turned into more action movies or action games yes. more than than sort of a plot um, a slightly more medium paced uh you know survival horror thing well there was also a very distinct Japanese identity to the first several Resident Evil games, despite that they took place in, you know, Middletown America um, for the first three entries. I'm going to be honest. I've never known where Raccoon City is supposed to be. I kind of thought it was supposed to be like Virginia or something. I- I'm 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 going to look that up let's, while you keep talking. I'm hey, going to look that up while you keep talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, there was a specific Japanese flavor to those first early games that has kind of leaked out in in future installments. As uh, the game industry got bigger, the Western audience got much, much larger, and that's who they were catering to more often, especially starting with Resident Evil Five and most egregiously Resident Evil Six. Uh, there's almost no elements of horror in those games. And frankly, I don't have a, a great time with them, but uh, that, that your your mileage may vary. Um, series obviously came back with Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which established much more of a PT inspired horror focused experience that has continued with Resident Evil Village. And in the meantime, there were six massive. Well, most of them are massive. Resident Evil film, quote unquote, adaptations by Paul W.S. Anderson, who is known for doing the Mortal Kombat film, as well as the horror, I would say cult classic uh, Event Horizon. He made six of these movies. I think he did all six uh, with his wife. uh, Miljovovich. And I noticed that he was also credited on this movie, uh, but I can't figure out what. In what capacity? He probably, he probably had some sort of like uh, honorary producer credit. Could be, could be. Um, and these films have a reputation. A lot of people do enjoy the first one, and this film has its fans. I mean, these movies, by and large, made a decent bit of money. I mean, the fifth film, I think, still made like two hundred forty million dollars worldwide. Nothing to sneeze at. Um, no, well, especially because these movies don't cost a ton. These movies were working with like a, um, I would say maybe a, a $60 million budget, which is I, I, for for that a $40 million budget. So like, you know, you're, they're making their money. So that's why they kept making them. Uh, but they, for me, lacked almost any element of the games. Uh, the main character played by Miljovich was called Alice. And at first we, people were wondering, is she supposed to be kind of like Jill? Is she supposed to be like Claire? Like, who is this person? And it was basically an all new character because they introduced, I would say parodies of series characters throughout this action series. And this was certainly an action 
franchise. It was mostly done for uh, big set piece effects where Emiljovic looked really cool doing martial arts and gun fu. And you had a couple of cool uh, monsters occasionally. But they didn't bear any resemblance to the games. And the story, if you could call it that, was, I mean, <laughs> rough. So it, it after had the, the last, it, it had the cool laser hallway scene, which everybody remembers. Yeah, no, there are cool things, and there are there's stuff to enjoy. I mean, I think I saw those movies in theaters at least up through four. I only I've only seen the first one, and it's been a long time since I've seen the first one. But I, I definitely the the first one, if you take out the idea that's supposed to be a Resident Evil movie, is a really fun little flick, and and it, and on its own, it's a fun flip. Like as a Resident Evil adaptation or something that's supposed to re, re, um, resemble Resident Evil it has always fallen flat to me. And and the subsequent movie is the same, even though Apocalypse kind of bears a little bit more resemblance because you have like a Jill Valentine and they, they introduce, company. They introduce Nemesis, the big bad of Resident Evil three at some point in those movies as well. Um, but, mm-hmm. but basically they 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 were. Hollywood adaptations that bared little resemblance outside of containing some of the same monsters. Yes. And so they announced pretty early on that they were going to reboot the franchise with an with the intention of making something closer to the source material. And that's where they got Johannes Roberts, who had done the successful 47 meter down movies, as well as the super fun slasher film, The Strangers Pray at Night. and. That's where we are here. They they basically they wanted to make something that was closer to the games. They made the very odd decision to take Resident Evil 1 and 2 and put them together. Which I I get that you want to like play in that sandbox because it might be your only shot. In fact, um Roberts himself just said I really want to go back to the original first two games and recreate the terrifying visceral experience I had when I first played them at the same time, telling a grounded human story about a small a dying American town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences. And I mean, certainly the effort is made. How successful this film is, is entirely up to you. As with the prior series, your mileage may vary. Um, I am a massive fan of this movie. I had an inkling that Drew is going to anything hate it, but if there was I, I, no one I know has seen this movie, this movie did OK in theaters. <laughs> it made uh, 41 million dollars off a 25 million dollar budget. And honestly, this film had little to no marketing, so they probably didn't spend too much outside of the production budget. And when the film came on video, it did really, really well. So I'm imagining it at least turned a little bit of a profit. Don't know if it's going to get a sequel. But when I said I was going to see this film in theaters, Everyone went, yeah, that's out. But they, they, they made that. That was the reaction because they did such a terrible job marketing this film. So I am the only person that I know outside of now, uh, Krista, that has seen this movie. And I very much have wanted to talk about it with somebody. So I'm making Drew watch it. <laughs> Slash made me watch it. Uh, and boy, do I have a lot to say. Um, so. To get to to start off with this movie, um, this movie is set in 1998, which is when Resident Evil 2 specifically came out. Yes. Um, Resident Evil 1 was 96 or 97. 
The uh, only real way you know it's 1998 is when Chris goes, what the F's a chat room? <laughs> or the fact that you have the police chief say, oh, why don't you go to the new Planet Hollywood and or and get a movie from Blockbuster? This movie's in the <laughs> 90s. Yeah, but he also makes uh, plenty of Jordy references to and that references that like 80s music. Um, yeah. So so uh, but while I like I like that. So this is this is the thing. And this is uh, an an impossible task for me because I didn't force this movie upon my wife um, because my wife has never played any of the Resident Evil games. She may have watched me play some of Resident Evil three in this movie, Resident <laughs> Evil three remake when I played that uh, a little while back. But my big my big question for this is I am well steeped in the Resident Evil lore of the first few games, uh, one through four specifically. Um, I wonder how well this movie holds up if you have no basis in these games, because as I mentioned in this, in the intro, I called this movie Easter eggs, the movie, because in almost every shot, in almost every scene, there is some direct reference to the games that is just there. Oftentimes, it's not even spoken about. It's not even commented on. It's not even mentioned. It's just there. And you have to wonder, does this land? So I'll mention a couple of the big ones. Like the, the a large portion of this movie takes place in the Raccoon City Police Station, which is the, the location of Resident Evil 2 or, or the, the starting location of Resident Evil 2. The police station in the movie looks very much like the police station in the games. Very much like it. When they yeah. eventually go to, to the, the mansion in the Arclay Mountains, uh, the mansion set looks very much like the mansion in Resident Evil 1. And that's cool to see, I guess. But does any of that land to someone who doesn't care about these games? So, I mean, uh, Crystal watched along with me and she had a good time. I I don't know if those things landed for her because, I mean, she doesn't she doesn't play the games, but she had a fun time because this movie to me reminds me of the kind of movies that I would have rented from like 98 to 2004 that were like directed video movies that just aspired to be way more than they had the budget for. And those are the kind of movies that always has a, have a big, big spot in my heart. You know, your um, your six string samurai, your Dagon, like these movies that like really took things, even if they had no money. And this movie had money; they had twenty five million dollars, but it had the spirit of those kind of things. So I felt like if you had given one of those guys the option to make a Resident Evil movie, even in the nineties, this movie feels like a nineties movie in the weirdest way. Like it feels like a nineties adaptation to Resident Evil. I can I can give it that I can definitely give it that. And and, and again, I, I think stylistically, I, I like I don't have any problem with the visual style of this movie. I think the only real complaint I have about it is that Raccoon City is a city. It's got people in it. It's got a lot of people in it. And I never got the scale that like they they play Raccoon City in this in this movie as if it's like a tiny little podunk town. They they treat Raccoon City and I think it's actually pretty interesting to change that up. They treat it like a mining town, which was the 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 correlation that the director was trying to make. Oh, by the way, speaking of Raccoon City, 
Uh, no one knows where it is. It is basically in the Midwest of the US um, in Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, the recent video game, if you look at the skyline, it's actually the skyline of Montreal <laughs> is the skyline of Resident Evil. Or well, and this was sky- also filmed in Canada. Too, yeah, I sky- think, so. And uh, and uh, the all of the prior uh, Resident Evil movies were filmed in in, I believe, Ontario. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of Canada in Raccoon City. <laughs> So the one thing that the early games have, and this one attempts to do a couple times, is there there is a, a horror element. And that element is a little weird in this film. It's got a it's got a tone like it's trying. Again, this is where I get the 90s vibe. It's got a very 90s style to how it approaches the horror material. Uh, with the kind of super slick score, the same way it's shot, then your jump scare, specifically in sp- spots with the mansion. And then you have that one pretty cool scene with Claire in the uh, in Chris's house, the itchy, tasty moment, um, <sighs> which you were not super happy about. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, gather round. It's time for another old man's gaming story. Back in 1996 or seven or eight or whenever these games came out, I can't remember. Uh, there was a. The story of Resident Evil, the original game, was told uh, largely via bad dialogue by uh, bad actors that were basically the only uh, actors they could find that spoke English in Japan at the time that they were making the game. It is notoriously bad. Um, this is where you get lines like, uh, "Here, I want here's a lockpick. I want you, the master of unlocking, to take it. Or you were almost a Jill sandwich. We'll get to that, Miles. We'll get to that. <laughs> Jill Sandwich. <laughs> but uh, as 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 part of 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 that, you would find basically like documents on the ground as you got further into the game, as it be- as it became more and more that this isn't uh, someone this isn't just a mansion, that there's some sort of lab associated with it. And there is something that happened here that has started that started to turn people into zombies and uh, some kind of viral outbreak or whatever it was. And you have one of the most iconic things. It was this this long multi multi part uh, thing about this person that you find multiple entries of their 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 log entry. And they start talking about how, you know, you know, they've been itchy a lot and that, oh, a piece of skin came off and they ate it and it tasted delicious and they move on. And it just ends with the final two words, itchy, tasty. And it's 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 silly. It's very silly. But when you <laughs> encounter that the first time, you're like, ah, yeah, itchy, tasty. It's very funny. The More You Nerd podcast was almost called Itchy Tasty. It is a name that Mike and I brought up when we were discussing naming this podcast it's it is so good that you guys did not go with that yeah we would we would not be here 12 years later (laughs) yeah uh but in this movie you so so claire goes to break into her brother chris's house and she sees across the you know the house next door and you see a very creepy lady (laughs) and and a really creepy kid both of them kind of losing hair um and uh and and eventually, you know, they 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 come up to the house and you see on the wall or on the on the window, excuse me, that she has written in blood itchy tasty. And I'm like, all right, that's 
okay that's a fun little reference all right and then she breaks the the door down to go after claire and just screams it's a tasty and it ruins the entire moment i mean it ruins I, I, the okay, sentence so. it ruins the phrase for me i hate it i hate so it I, I do i do agree and this is where it is a little totally weird is they have moments where like you just need to leave that there she could have broken down the wall and said nothing and the scene would have been just fine. Would I been, agree with that. Would have been 100% better because she wouldn't have ruined one of the most iconic and, lines from and the, the reason from we the aren't really going into the plot as much is because the they literally took the plot of the second game and the plot of the first game and kind of cliff noted them up to happen on the same night. Claire is going into Raccoon City to find her brother. She has uh, uncovered stuff about Raccoon City. She wants to get her brother out. And of course, Chris is part of the um, Raccoon City Police Department. The Stars Force, the Special Tactics and Reconnaissance Squad. And of course, again, smashing it up, joining Chris and Jill and Wesker is a rookie. So Leon S. Kennedy. So this is where I, I like a little bit of this in how they introduce Leon. Because so. Oh, again, old man tells video game stories. Uh, Resident Evil one and Resident Evil two story wise are separated by a couple of weeks. It's not a tremendous amount of time. It's less than a month. The events of Resident Evil one happen. We learn about all the the story of what happens in that game. And I'm not going to say it here because we'll talk about it, I'm sure, as we as we go through the game. And then Resident Evil 2 happens when Claire, who has lost contact with her brother, Chris, who was part of the 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 mansion incident in Resident Evil 1, goes to Raccoon City to find him. Similarly, we have Leon S. Kennedy, who is a rookie cop joining the squad, and he is actually late for his first day of work. And they don't say this in game. And I only learned this relatively recently. Do you know why Leon arrives so late to to uh, Raccoon City, Miles? Why is that? Because he he got broken up with and he just got hammered, <laughs> hammered drunk and missed yes. his alarm <laughs> clock and therefore got to work late his first day. Uh it's why when you arrive to the police station in the game, you see welcome Leon and welcome rookie signs all over for a party that he does. He appears to have missed. It's not yeah. in, it's not in the game itself. It's in some of the supplementary material uh, that explains why that happened. But when you first meet Leon, he is waking up clearly very yeah. hungover in a hotel room somewhere along the way, which I appreciate. Yeah, um, I thought the the actor they chose and well, the, the the decisions they made with Leon were interesting because Leon is kind of known as the cool guy of Resident Evil. Um, he is the most, I would say, most popular male hero of the series. I believe he starred in the most. Well, maybe not because he was the star of one of the two stars of Resident Evil 2. He was the star of Resident Evil 4. And he yeah. was the star of Resident Evil 6. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I mean, he's he's very, very well loved. And he's also known as just being this super cool character. And so they kind of subvert that where Leon, justifiably as a rookie, is kind of a 
goof. He is not a very good cop. <laughs> no, and and but I, I actually liked the way they did that because Leon in the game is, I mean, yes, he's you the player because you're doing all this cool stuff, but he's still kind of a little out of sorts when you play, play through as Leon. And they highlight that in, in Resident Evil 2 remake. Like he's he's very new. He is a rookie. He is not the Leon of Resident Evil 4 that is like, kicking he's not dudes, drop kicking zombies kicking, <laughs> kicking dudes and like shooting shooting axes flying at him out of the air and taking on a, a chainsaw man he is he does not know what's going on and makes a lot of really bad decisions along the way the the established badass of this film is my favorite character in the franchise claire redfield i claire is my favorite character has i don't know if i've mentioned that much in this show but i she's always been my favorite character and when they announced that Kaya Scodelario was playing her, I was so excited because this is an actress I've been a big fan of for probably 15 years at this point. I'm uh, I'm also a huge fan of Claire Redfield. Uh, she. So, so. I mean, gameplay wise, you know, you you are the, you're a big RE3 fan, so I know you love you love your Jill. I love Jill, but no, I, I, I think Claire is also my favorite character in the RE franchise, because in the first game you have like the first two games had male protagonist, female protagonist, and they had very yeah. similar things. The male protagonist had a little more health, had a little more storage capacity, but had some restrictions both Claire and Jill Valentine, who was the another, the other character that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Jill was the female mate lead character in the first game. Claire is the female lead character in the second game. Both of them can pick locks, so they don't need to do things like carry keys around. So they have access to more inventory space in a game that that you have to worry about your inventory space. Um, they don't show in this movie any of Jill's ability to pick locks, which I am um she breaks into her brother's house jill not oh, jill, jill sorry sorry uh yeah jill and this is the unfortunate thing and this is the problem with putting two games into one story is you inevitably will fail a favored character and i think jill is super fun in this movie she is well portrayed but she has very little to do jill in this movie I I have because I am also a huge fan of Jill Valentine. I love playing. I loved her storyline warts and all in Resident Evil one. I have played Resident Evil three probably more than any other Resident Evil game. Uh, And that includes the remake. I've played the remake three or four times uh, trying to unlock stuff. I love Jill. I need to play RE three make. But. uh, When you look at this character, she gets the most new story. Uh, there's a new storyline with with both Chris and Claire that takes them back to the Raccoon City orphanage when they were kids. And, and I love that. I, I, I love I love that aspect so much. I can deal with it that that I didn't like it at the time because I thought it's a little too convenient, but it's they're smashing plots together. They're overseen by William Birkin, who is the big bad of Resident Evil 2. As, who's a scientist that injects himself with with the G virus, which is a take on the T virus. Um played by perpetual amazing bad guy, Neil McDonough. Yeah. Uh, so but but what Jill gets in this movie is. A uh, manufactured pining for Albert Wesker, who we will get into Wesker, 
who gets a a, a manufactured uh, pined four by Chris Redfield, which I'm sure there has been ships for that since 1996. Um, sure. And and she just she she gets to be a really good shot with a gun, which would matter to me if they didn't learn to shoot the zombies in the head from moment one. We're two hours into this movie and they're still doing body shots on zombies <laughs> and con- and concerned when they get back up. Well, I mean, you can forgive Leon because he doesn't know what he's doing. Sure. Leon fires clear one. Figures, clear figures <laughs> it out pretty quick. <laughs> but she's got a shotgun and she's still doing chest shots of these of these people. Well, like, I mean, you got a shotgun. What am I going to do? Um, you do what you did in Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3, where you aimed up and shot the shotgun. When the zombie got in close proximity, it would blow its head off in one shot. Instead of wasting ammo. Well, I'm old, Miles. I'm the the old. one thing about this movie is that, that no one seems to run out of ammo. Um, <laughs> Unless. Mm-hmm. So uh, another character, because we we need to we we need to to get move on to some story bits, I know, but they now do. This is, this is the fun stuff is to talk about these little bits, because like I said, this is the story is one and two put together. There's there's no if and or buts about it. It ends if you've if you've played the first two games, you will know how this ends. Except it doesn't end the same way the games end, but I'll get to that. It's close enough. So we're going to train another major character in this movie is uh, the uh, chief irons, the the chief of the Raccoon City Police Department played in this movie by Donald Logue playing Donald Logue. Um, yeah, it is no, he was a, essentially asked, do what you do for 20 minutes. Here's your check. And I love it. Now, what I will say is I need to go back and look. Was the police chief in Resident Evil 2 uh, modeled after Donald Logue? Because they do look very similar. They do. <laughs> they look very, very they, similar. They do. Uh, but uh, uh, Chief Irons uh, basically tosses the keys to to Leon saying, you're in charge now. Bye. He's the only cop left. <laughs> Which, again, this is another problem that I have with the movie is that they have the entire stars team and three other cops. Yeah, yeah. They have this <laughs> massive police station and like six people running it. And I don't know. But, I, but, but that's the kind of silly stuff that I miss about Resident I, Evil. I mean, you saw some dead cops littered here and there. But yeah, you just didn't you just didn't think about it. I mean, I did because I was like, why is there only one cop in this building? There should be a lot more zombie cops. Why didn't you think about that in the game? (laughs) Because there were a lot of zombie cops. (laughs) But uh, yeah, there's some. But uh, yeah, so he he goes out, he encounters the umbrella like tactics team where you get to see one of the dudes wearing the very iconic umbrella tactic. Like I looked, oh, there's Hunk. It's Hunk from the, the game special versions, because again, it's an Easter egg that I looked at and say, like, oh, huh. But if, if you didn't know that, what were you going to do with that scene? There's so many in those moments anyway. Uh, but he can't get out of the city. So he turns back and he gets set upon by uh, a zombie dog. Zombie dogs, very iconic in Resident Evil. I'm also I'm, really- I'm, I will say I'm a little disappointed you didn't get the scene with the dogs. Oh, the, the first one. Yeah. Well, that no, one, no, 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 the mansion. Oh, yeah, that's not in the movie, Um, but they, we'll get to that because there's a, the mansion. 
this, it gets the most it gets the most iconic zombie shot in the series. And I appreciated having that. I I I will say, well, we'll get to that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I warned Miles before we recorded this tonight that there are going to be so many tangents that I go down in this. It's fine. In this. I'm fine. World. I like talking about early Resident Evil. And uh, and and this is so. So we have the we have the chief. Uh, he comes back to the PlayStation. He's got his 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 six shooter pistol. And I started counting as he tried to kill this dog and misses so many times. It's like, oh, that's one shot. That's two shots. That's three, four, five. Oh, that's one last one. <laughs> All right, Donald Logue. Your gun magic? Your gun? Is this a magic gun? And then I, because I swore he was going to pull one last shot out of that gun to kill that dog. And nope. Click, click. It's the only non-magic gun in the movie. The rest of the guns in the movie all magic all magic guns yes. for the rest of the movie until somebody needs to die um but miles you have raised up a very good point to me and this is maybe the biggest complaint i have about the movie so this is a movie that has that that has easter eggs all over the place you see iconic moments you see it when they go into and, and this is also something I dislike. This movie's definitely based more on Resident Evil 2 than Resident Evil 1, which I don't have a problem with. I love Resident Evil 2. I think it's a better sure, story sure, than sure. Resident Evil no, 1. No, you're right. It's it certainly a more, a more fleshed out story, a better story. We, for example, did not need to see a giant snake in this movie. And there was not one, well, which is fine. Well, I would have been fine having a giant snake. I mean, I, I would have. Liked, have my big complaint was I would have liked less zombies and more monsters. So this is I mean, I and I mentioned this in my intro as well. So. One of the, the most iconic things about the Resident Evil games is that you go into these buildings that are just buck wild when it comes to how they are laid out, the mm -hmm. things you need to do to get around. You have to get the the eagle medallion and put it into a fountain to unlock a door and you need to push some statues around and you need to do that and this this movie went so far as to introduce some of that stuff you have wesker who clearly knows more than he's letting on with a palm pilot because it's the 90s uh with a map that he is going around and doing things and you see him playing the piano notes there's a very iconic piano scene in Resident Evil one where you have to play a specific piano uh, piano key you know, sequence to unlock a door. And mm -hmm. they go so far as to do that. You also have at one point, another character gives Claire a set of keys. And when you look at the keys in her hand, they're the the playing card suit keys, the heart key, the club key, the spade key. The diamond key. Those are very iconic keys from Resident Evil 2. That they don't do anything with. In fact, Claire uses that key one time and leaves the key in the wall when they move forward. It's it's something that 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 it feels like such an empty Easter egg that I want it to mean more than it does because I've played these games. Uh, similarly, no, for me, I, I will say, you know, they they had 107 minutes and they are trying to cram as much Resident Evil into a film to kind of, to me, make up for the fact that they haven't made a Resident Evil movie before. And in so much as I'll just go out and say it, it was kind of Resident Evil in name only. So for me, being able to live these moments and 
I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't care if it's for anybody else. <laughs> I've played these games. That's why I'm going to see this movie. And so, yes, getting to see some of these, these Easter eggs in a movie that I know it can't possibly include anything unless it was a, 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 a TV series, which we're also getting. Um, I, I mean, I can't complain too much about like there are certain things missing because you only have so much time. And you have a lot of characters and a lot of game space to cover. So this so, is so this, so this I is where, agree with your your complaints, but I also can give it a pass at the same time for the very same reason. But so this is the other side of that coin, Miles. And this is where I think that there's pacing issues in this movie. Um partly, but but they're pacing issues based on characters. And the other side of this coin is that there are so many deep cut references in this, in this movie that Lisa Trevor, <laughs> Lisa Trevor, the Ashford twins that only resident evil diehard resident evil fans are going to get. Like the Ashford twins is a code Veronica reference. Well, the director even said that he really wants to make a Code Veronica movie. Like yeah. That's why he took the job. Nobody knows Code Veronica anymore. I do because I played it on the Sega Dreamcast. But <laughs> but when I but when I say that, I also look at the other changes they make. And I'm a nerd who lives in 2022. I see what happens when you try to do anything that even slightly deviates from the accepted canon of the story and you complain about it all the time. And some of these things I'm willing to overlook. I'm willing to overlook Claire and Chris being in the Raccoon City orphanage when they were kids. I'm willing to overlook Lisa Trevor being there and having this relationship with Claire, Claire, I'm willing to overlook William Birkin, the big bad of of Resident Evil 2 that we really don't ever get to know that well before he turns into a giant monster in Resident Evil 2. Uh, I'm willing to overlook that he's got this actual personal ref relationship with Chris and therefore Chris knows uh, Birkin's wife and his daughter, Sherry, very well. Sherry's. Can't, Sherry in, uh, interacts with Leon more than anybody else. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Interacts with Claire more than anybody else in, in Resident Evil 2. And we don't really get any of that, which I was slightly surprised at. But I'm willing to forgive those because I am a rational human being who understands that you have to make changes to story based on the medium that you're telling it in. I wonder again, one, does any of this matter at all? to someone who has never played any of these games. And on the other side of that coin, how mad are the people that love these games at the story changes? And that's where I honestly wonder who is this movie for other than you, other than <laughs> you. Well, I guess that that's my reaction is like, I just, I don't care. I don't care if it's not for anyone else. Cause it's a resident evil adaptation. And yeah, I think these things should be thought out so that they're not full of things that people who haven't played the games can't get context for, which I think there's plenty to be entertained by in this film. Uh, Crystal watched this movie with me and she seemed to enjoy herself. She said she she was doing something else at the time, but she was kind of watching it behind like in the background. And she she was having a good time with it because there's some fun moments. It's a fun, goofy horror action movie. But on the on the flip side, yeah, it makes some changes to the story. I've never been a kind of person that really cares that much about it. Like 
I mean, yes, if they had done something super drastic, I might have balked a little bit. But by and large, they try to keep everything fairly intact on a superficial basis. I mean, yes, they do a little bit different things with Wesker. Uh, they tie him in with Ada in the right. mid-credit sequence. This movie is really about the origin of Wesker's sunglasses than anything else. Oh, I... Oh. I love that to pieces. Because Adam Walsh is a character I, I don't care about. I hate that I liked it. Um, I hate that I liked it. So, so Albert Wesker, uh, spoiler warning for a game that is older than uh, half the people on the planet right now. Uh, Albert yeah, we're, we uh, we're, we're approaching 30 years. <laughs> Albert Wesker is the, is, is the real bad guy of resident evil one. He is the leader of the stars unit. But as we learn, uh, the 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 police, the special police force that that Chris and Jill work for. But as we learn throughout the course, he's also like a super high up umbrella scientist, Umbrella Corporation, the big evil corporation in the Resident Evil franchise. And he's a full on scientist. That's also like a an awesome B.A. cop dude um, that that's never really made sense. And, and, you know, it's fine. They, they change his origin up here because Wesker is, is someone who knows more than he lets on, but he is not working for umbrella, which was a surprise to me. He was actually working for a, an anti umbrella organization. uh, And Wesker does get killed in the movie only to be resurrected in a post-credit sequence uh, by one of the most important characters in Leon's Resident Evil 2 story, Ada Wong, presumably for some sequel movie that they may or may not make at this point. Um, and if they try to do a Code Veronica Resident Evil 4 crossover combined movie, Miles, I'm going to lose it. I don't think that's going to work at well, all. Um <clears throat> I could very much see Resident Evil Code Veronica becoming part of the next installment. There's a lot of interesting lore and tiny details you brought into this movie, and it would be amazing to expand on. There are characters that we didn't use in the game that we would love to expand on in the next movie. So, Citing that he wanted to adapt Code Veronica and then Resident Evil 4. So, Miles, I, I, I really did enjoy some of the very specific visual references to things. Like when when Chris goes into the mansion and he sees the zombie turn around for the first time. And it is such a great it is framed. (laughs) It is framed just like in the first game when you go up and you see and there's a video that plays of the zombie kind of kind of reaching up, turning around and you see it with gore all in its mouth as it turns to the side. My problem with that is that that is such an iconic scene from the games. Mm -hmm. And it's like the 27th zombie we meet in the movie. Yeah, but it's the first one that Chris sees. It's the first one that Chris sees, but we, the audience, don't have the same reaction because we've already seen Claire and Leon and the chief destroy like 50 zombies at this point and that's that's a problem that i have with the way the story is told just because just because some stuff if they just 
work change the order up a little bit like that like you know it's i it's, I, see, I see what you're saying and i can definitely see the argument for having following the the mansion crew maybe a little bit earlier it, basically resequencing the events of the movie in how we the audience see them i mean the mansion may as well not matter it does not mean a lot in the course of this movie this movie is mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I know I agree. I, it is. It is. It certainly takes a backseat to the Resident Evil 2. I mean, this is really a Resident Evil 2 with like sprinkling of with one a little, with a little uh, Arclay Mountains salt on it. Um, yeah. And, and but we still got some mansion action uh, that I, I did appreciate since we were so devoid of it in the prior series. Um, and I mean, again, I always questioned the choice of doing one and two in the same film. I love the casting that they have for Claire. I mean, like I said, I'm a big Kaiosco Delario fan. I'm a big Claire fan. That was a dream casting for me. If if I was opted to cast someone, I probably would have picked her. But I I do question the choice to, and this is just me being you know, a little bit more critical of, of a movie that I clearly have a blast with. I've seen this multiple times. I do question the choice of combining the first two games as one story but from the get-go i have always i would have rather had a six episode hour-long miniseries adaptation to each game and with each season being a following entry up and through probably four and then they can stop um because there's a lot of cool stuff that you're always going to miss if this film had been 107 minutes dedicated to only the first game they still would have missed stuff that we would have wanted to see, which is fine. And and uh, Resident Evil one has the most stuff that no one cares about story wise moving forward. Like we do not have. But again, and I mentioned I don't this, know, you were you were you you had a a chap on your behind about no Barry. Barry Burton is one of the most important characters in the Resident Evil lore. He oh is one of the most important characters in Resident Evil 1. And Here we he go. ain't in this movie at all. Nary a mention. It, they don't even say, oh, I wish Barry wasn't on vacation this week. You know, they don't even say that. I I, I genuinely do not understand your love for Barry. <laughs> you are almost a mile sandwich. Uh, Barry, I love Barry. Because also Barry is the one that saves that saves the day. Uh, he is the one. Yeah, that, in the in the first game, he he does, and but you also found out well, he also betrayed people. Oh, who did he betray? Uh, he he. Uh, <laughs> I legitimately don't remember, and I don't need to know the answer. He is also the reason that uh, Jill gets out of town in Resident Evil Three before the nuke goes off. Um, that is one change that I'm also like. It's like it's like the Watchmen comic versus Watchmen movie change uh, in the in the games. They uh, shoot a nuclear missile at Raccoon City to destroy it. The U.S. government does it. <laughs> and in this, it yeah. is it is some sort of weird uh, uh, umbrella corporation mass like self-destruct device that just obliterates the entire town. And like it's neat. It was cool to see. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, again, but I mean, listen, most of Resident Evil, the games included, don't make a lot of sense. So so but that, that's another thing that I wish we had seen more in this movie is that. We don't we don't get a vocalized name of the T virus. Actually, no, I take that back. The the uh, uh, 
Bertolucci, what's his name? The, 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 the guy who, um, who Claire has gotten the videos from. He does. Oh, um, Charlie, I think his name is. No, he's Ben Bertolucci is the name of the, uh, of the, the character. He's he's in the games too. He's a conspiracy. Yeah. I thought they renamed him for some reason. He, he does, I believe name check the T virus out loud. He does. And we see the G virus written on a, on a vial before, uh, Birkin injects himself with it. I would have liked to seen a little more of that. And I mentioned, I mentioned the, at the beginning, uh, the liquor, the liquor monster is, is a, a very iconic resident evil monster. It is very scary. It has no skin. It has a visible brain and it has a super long tongue and very long claws. They're very difficult to fight. Uh, I hate them. Uh, they were introduced yeah. in resident evil two as, as some sort of like advanced, zombie that pops out like it was a random thing i mean they're they're essentially like resident evil's answer to xenomorphs what we never see and what we don't see out of this movie is any hunters and this disappoints me because hunters are the the underrated monster in the resident evil franchise they are bioweapons that were created by by umbrella prior to all of this happening that just happened to get loose as a part of this that and the tyrant the tyrant being that we don't really see either we see a tyrant because technically william birkin's monster that he turns into is a take on a tyrant but we don't see the original tyrant which makes me sad because i don't know uh it just makes me sad uh i like i I wish to see more resident evil one stuff and we see tyrants later on. We see tyrants in Resident Evil 3. We see tyrants in Resident Evil Code Veronica. And we don't see them again. Or I'm sorry, we see hunters in 3 and Code Veronica. And tyrants too, I guess, we see in Code Veronica. And we don't really see them after that. And uh, it's a little sad. Um, but again, Resident Evil 1 story ain't that good. So uh, I see why they kind of brush away some of that stuff. Um, Miles, I don't know how much energy I have left to talk about this game. <laughs> Or excuse me, this movie. I, I did. I will say I also uh, the new PlayStation Plus uh, ex- expansion thing came out this week and the original Resident Evil game is a part of that. So I definitely played about 10 minutes of the opening of the first Resident Evil game and and then realized I'm just going to play the remake instead. And I did. <laughs> and the remake is not as good as I remembered it being. Well, no, I mean, the remake's almost 20 years old at this point. And I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks when we talk about this month's game news. Uh, when they announced last month that they were or a couple weeks ago when they were doing Resident Evil 4 remake, I was really hoping. And, I, and, and Drew, I know you have echoed this, that someone would go back and give the Resident Evil 2 and 3 treatment to the first game. I would like to see it um, for reasons that I will it's not worth it's not worth the energy right now we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks um and hey but did we'll you have fun <sighs> you don't have to lie to me because of my birthday if you didn't have fun it's fine i mean i i kind of went in knowing you would probably hate this movie i didn't i don't i, I mean i definitely i enjoyed i definitely enjoyed certain parts of it i definitely disliked the jill sandwich line Partly because she oh, says man, that was great. Partly because she says sandwich and not sandwich, and I don't know why. Because I say sandwich in real life, it's like the weird double standard you have. Because I'm you, I want the Jill sandwich line because it's very much it's very. Never mind. Doesn't 
matter. I was happy to see Alexi and Alfred Ashford uh, in their little cameo, uh, which mm-hmm. was weird. But then Claire just goes and destroys all the proof of whatever she's trying to, to figure out anyway, which doesn't make any sense. Why is she doing this? But uh, well, I think she's only there for her brother. I don't think she's like looking to expose them. She just wants to get Chris out of there, I feel like. Yeah, I guess. You know, will they ever make another one of these? I don't know. Uh, if they do, are they going to tr- try to slam Code Veronica and Resident Evil 4 into one movie? I hope not, because that would not work at all. Would no, not work it, it wouldn't. I, I, would, I would be fine with them doing one or the other. And I know that the director seems to be a really big Code Veronica fan. Uh, Ravi Amel was asked about it, and he says he hopes to return as Chris so he can punch a boulder, as, as in Resident Evil 5. That was where his mind is. I want to punch a rock. Some of these people know their references. Um, I'm just sad we'll never get to see Jill uh, go up against Nemesis as she tries to get her way out of Raccoon you know, City. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you could have that in another city, but like you could still tell RE3 into some capacity. This is Marmosetville. <laughs> Lost Plagas, why not? <laughs> so, Miles, uh, I think that is going to wrap up our conversation of Raccoon, or excuse me, Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City! Um, <laughs> Such a wild title. Oh, because they only but call I- it they say Resident Evil at the beginning and then the end credit is like Resident Evil. Welcome, Welcome to Raccoon, Raccoon City. City. After I, Raccoon I City have, has been completely destroyed. It's yeah, very funny. I have, I have the, be- the best time with this movie. It is a remix of things I love about Resident Evil, things that, you know, are weird, but I just, it just has such a, a late night 90s vibe to me that I just really appreciate it. And and I'll I'll give it one other thing before we, before we sign off, because I forgot to mention this. There are moments when they are in safe locations in the game, in the movie, not in the game, in the movie, it's not a game. It's a movie. There are moments when they're in relatively safe locations that a slight little piano back backing track starts which reminds me very much of the save room music in Resident mm-hmm. Evil and Resident Evil 2, which if you have ever uh, played those games, you'll know you're in a safe room when that music starts and you can kind of take a breather and pause the game and save and mess with your inventory and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, yeah, except in, I think Resident Evil 2 remake, Mr. X could follow you into some of those rooms, which sucked. But uh no, he. Oh, if you're if you were Claire, he could not go into the safe rooms. I feel like I remember seeing him in there one at one point, but that might have been a special one. It might. Yeah, that could that could have been the case. Anyway, um, th- those were those were a nightmare. Um, <laughs> anyway, but, but we need to talk about what's going on next week. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, we have decided to do another missed connections uh like we did uh last week with miles and portal uh, i am going to play a game that i have literally owned for multiple decades and have never actually played castlevania symphony of the night the playstation one castlevania game um it's dracula spelled backwards that's what we're gonna do now i'm gonna say i will not have time to complete this game. It is a longer game than portal miles. And oh, I yeah. have already t- uh, miles and I've already talked about that. 
I never expected you to to be honest. I didn't think you'd have the time to do something like that. But so, I so play it. <laughs> I'm gonna play it as far as I can, and we are gonna see what happens. Uh, so that is gonna be next week on the More You Nerd. Uh, hopefully, we will get that to you right on time. As always, might be a little late depending on some things that are going on. We will see. Uh, but in the meantime, if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com. That's this and every other one of our episodes. You can go to facebook.com slash themoreyounerd. You can tweet to us at themoreyounerd. And you can, of course, email us themoreyounerd at gmail.com. That's themoreyounerd at gmail.com. Until then. We're going to end this show as we always do. <laughs> I love how we always both try to do this. Well, I did it for we'll years. So I'm, I'm just jealous that she's trying to take it over. And I never remember that oh. she tried to take it over because we've talked about it. We're just going to fight about it on air, Miles. I mean, that's, if you want to do it, go for it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put on my sunglasses and say, until next time. Bring the shows we always do. With a rousing. Nerd. Nerd. Out. Out. <laughs>